You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is Kelly Henderson, and you're listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I get asked all the time, what are your favorite episodes on the Velvet's Edge podcast? Or what have your favorite episodes been to do? And it's such a hard question for me to answer because I truly do learn something or take something away from every conversation I have. However, it is the holiday season, so I wanted to share some of my top episodes with you guys where I did feel like there was that extra little connection with the person I was interviewing, or I just walked away having learned so much. I absolutely loved this conversation that I had with licensed mental health counselor, Samantha Burns. Samantha specializes in love and relationships, and she says that most people are missing the key foundational points when they're looking for love. She told me the two major questions everyone should ask and answer about themselves before they start dating. We also dove into the number one issue she sees happening between couples that leads to miscommunications and unhappiness in relationships. Here's our conversation. I am here with Samantha Burns. She is a licensed mental health counselor. She's also the author of the new book, Breaking Up and Bouncing Back. It's about moving on to create the love life you deserve. Um, Hi, Samantha. Hello. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Of course. I'm so excited. You actually messaged me on Instagram and what you, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you, maybe you had watched Fairy Cavallari. I had, and I basically said, I'm like a creepy dude sliding into DMs, but I'm not (laughs) a dude and hopefully I'm not too creepy. (laughs) No, you weren't. But you, you have seen my dating struggles on the show and kind of could relate or heard maybe heard some stories similar and this 100%. is what you do right this is exactly what I do and like seeing you on the show and talking about your dating life and just the struggles and maybe a big breakup you had gone through I just knew I had to reach out to you because you my friend are not alone so many people go through similar issues so talk me through that. Let's say like you deal with both people who are dating and also people who are in relationships. What's the main thing you see out there with people dating now, nowadays? The main struggle, I guess, because well, with dating, you know, the most popular way to meet nowadays is online. So right. the way technology has just influenced the way people are meeting has really, 
I feel like dehumanized us into these little like emojis on the screen. So I feel like people are just doing all sorts of terrible behavior, like ghosting and just like not treating other people like human beings. And so there's this big, I think grass is greener epidemic, right? Where everyone just thinks that there's this next best thing online with the swipe of a finger. So people aren't really giving anyone a chance and they're, they're making their decisions, their dating decisions based off of, one or two little things that might not be a big deal in the grand scheme of life but because they have access to so many other options I think they're just being more critical and um, not really dating with intent well so tell me what are a couple examples of that like what do you mean they're just seeing they're seeing a couple things like like what that they like they what call I mean breakers. it could literally be that the guy is not six feet tall or that he's going bald or yeah. that they like don't like the outfit that this guy or girl <laughs> showed up in um like really superficial things but I think people obviously place a lot of emphasis on that initial spark or this initial chemistry or attraction which does play a role, but it can also really mislead your dating decisions um, because we get so swayed by this idea of spark or what's really is lost. And it's a neurochemical response that we're having. So we're not digging deeper for the things that matter. Like, you know, do we both even want relationship? Do we want kids? Do we have similar beliefs on like politics or religion or spirituality or all of these things that kind of govern how we live our lives, which I call your core values, the things that are the most important to you. Um, So someone could be a really great match, but because, um, or like maybe they don't call or text you like the exact second you want them to. And so you just like move on because you're pissed Um, or they wait to or or they do text you right away and you feel like, oh, that's that's too easy or it's not enough of a challenge. God, they must be desperate, even though realistically, when you're dating from a secure mindset, which we can talk about, like it's really great when someone's communicative and lets you know that they want to see you again. I actually love that. I love the no games. Here's where I'm at. Just putting it out there kind of thing. Right. And doesn't it make it so much easier because you know what page they're on and you're not sitting there like waiting by your phone or trying to overanalyze and waste your own precious emotional time and energy figuring out like decoding um, their behavior. Absolutely. I think that's especially as I've gotten older, one of the main things in dating that I really, really want is just someone to be direct. I don't want to play games because it's exhausting. It, it really is exhausting. And it's interesting because there's research that shows there's some gender differences in how men and women like to date or be communicated with. And so women kind of like more innocuous, like they don't like the straight up, hey, I find you attractive. I would love to get to know you or take you out. They like someone who feels a little safer where you're not sure of their intentions, but you feel like you can trust them because they come in with like, a, I don't know, maybe they see you at the grocery store. This happened to me like last year some cute guy and I'm married but this cute guy came up to me he's like hey how do I tell if these raspberries are ripe and I was like <laughs> if I was single like I would totally chat with this guy right um, but but men do like a straight-up approach so if you're a confident woman and you're just like hey I really want to come over and talk to you um, are you single or I think you're cute like what's up they really appreciate that bluntness that is so interesting. So that's that's more on the approach of people. But you mentioned core values, which I read a lot about on your website, lovesuccessfully.com. Samantha has a ton of different articles. It's There's a lot of like blog type 
things that you write that can give tips on dating and relationships. But one of the main things you talk about is finding out if your core values line up. So can you give us like some more examples of those things? Absolutely. So I go really in depth on that in um, breaking up and bouncing back. So if you want like a whole list of those, definitely check out the book. But so core values to me are what matters most to you. So something that's a core value for one person might not be a core value for someone else. So this could be, and I walk you through everything from, you know, your work-life balance, career aspirations, the environment. Like one person might be really jazzed about recycling and minimizing their carbon footprint, while someone else might care a ton about health and fitness and living an active lifestyle. Someone might, you know, go to church every Sunday or someone um, might really want to start a family. So they're, they're very like goal oriented towards finding someone else who wants to have kids. Someone, you know, who has family values. Well, that, that can mean so many different things. So what does family values mean? Like one person might have dinner with their family, you know, every single um, Friday night or might still live with their family or just might really enjoy talking to mom on the phone. And they want to also, you know, find someone who's just as enthusiastic about spending quality family time. So it's really about kind of figuring out what matters most to you, what governs your life and then also I kind of group in with core values things like kind of like your life vision or goals so maybe you really want to make a lot of money and retire early and move out to the country or maybe you um, want to travel the world or you you know you really want marriage and kids so whatever kind of your life goals are you want to find someone who also shares a similar life path or life goals so that you're working towards the same things together um, and what I see, though, is like people aren't necessarily dating with intent and when dating with intent means aligning your core values. So they might be getting together because they share a friend group. And so their friends, you know, they have in common. So you keep seeing the same groups of people and maybe you start hooking up that way or you have really hot, passionate sex with someone. So you get kind of addicted to the physical chemistry, even though there's no really underlying fundamental um, connection. So I think aligning core values is a very pragmatic approach to love. Um, and it's not the sexiest approach to love, but that's what's going to create a foundation for you guys to build off of in the long run. Right. Um, and the biggest mistake people make, they compromise on their core values and that will always lead to resentment in a relationship. So how many core values, like do all of your core values have to line up or do you think there's a certain number that it works? I don't think there's like a magic number, but I would say, you know, most people, so we all have values, not all of our values are that important to us. So I would encourage listeners to sit down and kind of say, what matters most to me? You're probably going to have maybe like three to five that are like the most important. And then the other things, your other values, you might care about them, but they wouldn't be your deal breakers. So I always say create deal breakers based off of your core values. So like maybe, you know, you would like to find someone who's also, I don't know, like is very career driven, but it's not the most important thing to you. So you're okay kind of compromising about that. But you know, for fact that you really do want kids. So if you know that someone doesn't want kids, you just wouldn't even waste your time dating them. So maybe say like three to five um, and then and go from there. But no, you don't have to have like everything in common with your partner. And in fact, it's great to have differences because then you guys kind of like expand each other's worldviews and get to introduce each other to different things that you're into, um, which is great because isn't that the point of a relationship right. to like not only share life with someone, but also kind of expand your own 
you know, knowledge and interests and hobbies and things. So, but it's really the things that you're just like, you care the most about. Okay. So that's actually a really good point because I've done the thing where you, you know, in manifesting, you write out the person that you dreamed up in your life, but this is interesting because it puts it back on you and what is actually important to you in your life and the life you want to create. You have to start you have to start dating like before you're even online and swiping on people's profile or going on, on dates, you have to become an expert on yourself. You right. have to like know what matters to you and what you're really looking for um, before you're so focused on the other, other person. I think that's where people go wrong. It's like they create this wish list of what their ideal partner has before they even figure out like who they really are and like what matters most to them. Um, something else I read about on your website that I thought was so fascinating was attachment style. Yes. Is that a huge thing you see in dating and relationships? Attachment styles are like, I think the most important thing that comes where I've seen issues with singles and they're struggling in their dating life and I coach them around. So the, the sum of it is, so your attachment styles are basically your level of comfort with closeness and intimacy. And there's three main types of attachment styles and they stem from early childhood. We don't have to get into like the deeper psychology of it, but basically they impact your adult romantic relationships. So the three styles are secure, anxious, and avoidant. So a secure dater is someone who generally really likes a lot of closeness and intimacy. They are comfortable talking about relationship issues they're very confident they get along well with a lot of people and you know they're pretty like vulnerable people and I mean vulnerable because they're able to put themselves out there without knowing whether or not someone likes them back but they feel confident enough to express themselves versus an anxious dater is someone or an anxious attachment style is someone who really wants love like desperately and but they have this underlying fear of rejection and it stems from not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy of love, not feeling like they deserve um, this commitment and exclusive relationship. Um, and so, so what happens is they then tend to date avoidant daters. So the third type is the avoidance. The avoidant is someone who also wants love, but they love independence and they kind of feel smothered in relationships. So they do some really bad dating behaviors like, They shut down. They don't like to talk about relationship issues, where it's going. They're the type where you have a great date and then you don't hear from them all week and you're wondering what happened. Um, And they they kind of feel like losing their independence. And so what happens, though, it's it's like a – Carrie and Big from Sex in the City is just a great example of an anxious and avoidant. They're like magnetized to each other um, where they both validate each other's fears. Like the anxious person is fearful that – someone won't um that 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 they'll reject them and that they'll leave them and that they'll make them you know feel badly about themselves and their worth inherently and the avoidant dater basically feel like this person's way too needy they want more than i can give and they're gonna you know encroach upon my freedom and i can't maintain my independence and, and that cycle goes on and on until you learn how to break out of it and become a more secure dater so I have a question. Can you be more than one attachment style? Like can a, per- can a certain person bring out different styles in you? So your attachment style can shift depending on the relationship that you're in. Typically, if you're dating secure, hopefully you'll stay secure because you're also dating secure because you don't you basically don't have patience for someone avoidant who's playing games. And the person who's really anxious, it might be kind of a turn off. 
um, it can actually cause you to become more avoidant or if you're dating someone really avoidant, it can cause you to become really anxious. So the idea goal or what I help my clients figure out is if they're really anxious, because a lot of the times the avoidant daters don't come in for help because they're kind of okay keeping people at a distance. Um, eventually they might get to a point where they really want a relationship, but the ones who are really seeking help are the people who fall more on the anxious side because it's just like they want love. They can't figure this out. They keep dating people who are, you know, pushing them away or who are playing games and are getting fed up. And so if they can start dating secure, it can actually really help heal their attachment style and their old wounds. And they start becoming, you know, a secure person instead of like when an anxious person gives you know, comes to them with their concerns, a secure person will validate them and actually listen to them and help them feel more secure and calm them down um, so that they then begin to trust this person they're dating and they feel safe and that their partner's reliable. And that is so healing for someone. So you can absolutely shift your attachment style depending on the relationship that you're in. Um, and it's, it's really important for you if you know that you tend to fall on one side of the, the continuum. Yeah. God, that's so fascinating to me. I would say that's probably in my younger days was part of my story for sure. And through a lot of work on myself and therapy and stuff, you do, you can learn to heal from that. But that brings me to the next topic I wanted to talk to you about. You kind of mentioned the ghosting and dating in let's yeah, dating in 2019. And I find it really difficult sometimes um, because a lot of people do play games and like I have zero interest in that, like I mentioned before, but that seems to be a very typical way to do dating these days. Do you see that a lot? Um, I, I've seen it a lot. So much so that we actually had uh I was being pitched to do a, a reality TV show around ghosting, and, and, and it looks like I'm not picking it up, but it's like this epidemic phenomenon that we're seeing all over the place, and it's a really kind of selfish behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, people do it, A, because they're not courteous, and B, that they feel awkward letting someone down. But I always say if you have the, like, emotional maturity to be dating, you need to have the emotional maturity to break up with someone. So my rule, I don't have a lot of rules because um, – I think rules are inflexible, but my rule is that if someone expresses interest in seeing you again, then you owe them a letdown response because otherwise they're going to be sitting there like wasting their time and energy, wondering if they'll hear from you and being upset that you're kind of fading or ghosting. And that's energy that could be better invested back into the dating market. So send a simple text that just says, Hey, it was great meeting you, but I just didn't feel a connection or, you know, I I want to end things here. Best of luck. So it's really just about, becoming a more courteous, respectful dater. I mean, um, it's really just about being a kind human. <laughs> like, right? It's me, like the golden rule. Yeah. You want to do to others as you'd like to have done to yourself. Um, um, we also know through research, there's research um, that I forget the exact number. It's like 88% of millennial daters have been ghosted. Oh, um, wow. But there's research. There's another research study that didn't look at ghosting specifically, but it basically said, the majority of people are getting broken up with via text or an email or nowadays social media um, and not even having what? like face-to-face or in-person conversation. They're breaking up on social media? What, like slide into your DMs and break up? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh it's my terrible. God. I've had clients who've been married and their marriage ended through ghosting. Like one of my clients had gone on a workshop, come home. Literally her husband's stuff was just gone from the no. house. Yeah, and then she didn't hear from him for 
um, a couple months he knew that he was hiding out at at like his parents place basically but what? he didn't even you know end the marriage um is that so like extreme avoidant attachment style right that is, that's yeah. crazy that is extreme avoidant attachment style right there because you know they they struggle to communicate about relationship issues and they stonewall so they would just rather ignore a problem than have an emotionally intimate, maybe difficult conversation. Right. Oh my gosh. So do you feel like you, you seem like you're a supporter, um, on your website of online dating, but do you, I am. do you feel like some of these issues are coming up because of what you mentioned before? Like the grass is always greener mentality or there's just always someone around the corner. I think so. And like online dating, dating can actually work. I met my husband online and like tons of my clients have met people online so it can work but I do think that just this you know kind of dehumanizing behavior because there's always other options people are just getting busy and they're not caring and they're hiding behind their phone because what happens Mm -hmm. is you know if you wanted to ask someone out on a date in the past it would either be in person or pick up a, a landline and actually dial their number on a phone and ask them out and now that we can just, like, text and email and send social media messages, you don't really ever, like, envision, well, what does this person's face look like when I'm hurting their feelings? Like, can I see yeah. them cry? Do I hear the crack in their voice when they're getting upset? Like, we don't see any of that. We just stare at a screen. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Which websites do you see working for people the most? So I 
it kind of depends on your age range. And I will say that there's a continuum of daters on every site. So it's not just like on all the sites that are advertising themselves as relationship apps and sites. Like you're still going to get people looking for a hookup, but you're also going to get people who are looking to get like engaged tomorrow. So part of it is being savvy and strategic about creating a really good profile and your online dating behaviors. But in general, we know that um, the average single uses three different apps. So I suggest usually like two apps that are more of the, you know, kind of like a Bumble, a Hinge, a Coffee Meets Bagel, uh, which depending on your city where you live can be more or less popular. And then maybe one more slightly traditional site. So like a Match.com, which actually um, is launching and has launched an app and they're, they're currently just Match. They're no longer Match.com because they're switching their um, back end. So, awesome. so yeah. So I think that, um, so those are some good ones that I like to recommend. And nowadays too, there's literally a new app that pops up like every day. So it just depends on the user base. Um, and it's the founder of the app called the league, um, which is one that's kind of more like an elite app and it's based on connecting you with other people who, uh, through like basically LinkedIn, right? So like other successful, um, working, singles but the problem i found with that site is everyone's really career focused and no one's right. actually prioritizing <laughs> dating um so 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 yeah i would suggest people kind of try a different um a couple different ones and see what works best but don't feel the need to download every dating app like there's quality people on every site i've heard it can become a full-time job i actually personally have never done a dating app but the friends of mine who do say that it's can be super time consuming if you have too many of them. Absolutely. It does. And you know, sometimes when you're doing dating, right, it does feel like a full-time job or at least a part-time job because you're investing, you know, your time and energy into it and making it a priority. Yeah. And I guess my question for you, Kelly, is why have you not done <laughs> online dating? Um, I, oh God, I get this question all the time. I think for me, I have not, I always, really prefer the real connection. So when I meet someone and I feel that connection or, you know, it, whether it be the eye contact, the conversation, anything like that. And I'm such an empath that I just feel those things when I'm around the person. So mm -hmm. I've always felt like if I do a dating app, they're judging me based on career or how you look in a picture. And I just don't, there's something about that that feels really gross to me. I don't know how to explain so it other than that. So my devil's advocate to that is just that at the end of the day, if you meet online, you still have to meet them in person. That's so true. the only way to ever have a real relationship is to, to meet in person. And I actually encourage my clients to spend like the, like the shortest amount of time conversing online and to just go and meet in person because right, you're not going to be able to feel their energy and the connection right. and the chemistry unless you meet in person. So I kind of say like, I'm a maximalist. I say you can meet um, online, you can meet in real life, but it doesn't matter how you actually meet as long as this person is in your life. So the only thing, yes, like someone's going to, you know, maybe judge you, but they're going to judge you in in real life too. Like they're going to think either she's cute or she's not cute or like, right I think that's like I don't want to be judged that way but if we just naturally do that anyway you're either attracted to someone or you're not but I don't know I know yeah. I I honestly like I've met a couple people lately so I have been dating so it's you know I am putting myself out there but if it does dry up I think I may have to just take the plunge because everyone's maybe saying take 
Absolutely. And when you create a dating profile, I see a big mistake like people make is they they don't spend time crafting like a thoughtful, creative, mm-hmm. authentic profile. They just slap up an emoji or how many people just list adjectives like foodie, adventurous, you know, traveler, um, athlete. And if everyone writes those adjectives, they lose their meaning. So you have to get really good at what I say, convey it, don't say it. So you really want to bring your profile to life. Um, you know, if you love to travel, don't just write traveler, right? You know, just like got back from, you know, snorkeling in the Great Barrier Reef in Australia and I can't wait to tackle Costa Rica next or, you know, like actually right, bring it more to specifics. Life. And then, of course, tie in some of your core values so people automatically get a sense of what you stand for, what you're into, what matters most to you because – if you're dating with intent to find someone who has those same core values, if you see that on their profile, you're going to gravitate for that immediately. That's so true. I actually, like, I don't hear, the other th- reason I don't do it is I hear horror stories all the time. I have not really had any friends find success on these apps, and I just hear about all the terrible days they go on. But maybe that's something to think about is how specific are you being and what maybe you're not really putting out there what you're looking for completely or what Absolutely. your core values are. Absolutely. And I always encourage clients to kind of do like a three part profile where it's me. So you describe things about yourself, you kind of what you're hoping to meet in someone else. And then us, like, what do you guys want to be together? Do you want to like, you know, brunch every Sunday and meal prep together? Do you want, you know, want to be a power couple and like dominate your careers? Like, what is it that you stand for? So you can convey a lot in your profile, even on some of the sites that only give you anywhere from like 150 characters to 500, um, there is a way to make it meaningful. And the other thing I will say, yes, we all hear horror stories, but the other thing too is like, I feel like people rule out or they, they criticize their dates, but here's the thing, what would make a good match for your friends probably wouldn't be the person you want to date. So I always say take your friends' like dating experiences or critiques with a grain of salt. Of course, if there's like egregious, awful behavior, then... Um, you know, that's terrible, but things one person doesn't like about someone you could really adore about that person. So this is your love life, not, you know, your friends is love lives. Right. That's true. Those stories I've heard, I would not want that person either. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you said you met your husband on a dating app. I did. Yeah. And lots of my clients have, so it is possible. Um, but I think it has to move quickly. Like I think you have to have clearly if you're not attracted to their photos, it's probably going to be a no go. But if you're attracted to their photos, and I said 80% of someone's profile, because again, so many people are like looking for perfection. And if they see one wrong thing, they're like, ugh, and they swipe left or they don't want to meet. Right. And one wrong thing could be like, you hate the fact that they're wearing like a Metallica t shirt and you love country <laughs> music, right? So it's just, you, it, you know, or like the angle of their nose, like, oh, their nose is kind of big next, um, versus, Right. If you're paying attention, if you have a great profile or the profile makes someone laugh, then you can actually connect, have a, a short exchange. And um, your exchange is not an interview. It's banter the same way you might banter with someone, um, you know, at a bar. And then you exchange numbers and, and you make logistical plans to meet up and you see if there's chemistry. But so many people talk to people for like two weeks, three weeks. And then they meet up. There's no chemistry. And then you just invested all of this time. For what reason? <laughs> right. Is there a number, like as a relationship coach, do you recommend 
How many people do you recommend going on dates without a time? I've always been a serial monogamous. So like I'll meet someone and then we start dating. Like unless I really am interested in them, I just don't really go on more than one date. But then I'll meet someone, we go on a bunch of dates and before I know it, we're in a relationship. Yeah. Um, I love, I always encourage people to date multiple people at once because, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And plus if you get rejected, it just, it's, it feels better to know there's many other options out there. Um, and you're kind of distracted with your other dates. So that's kind of one issue that a lot of people have though, is they either continue to kind of date around, but they never really give like one person a true chance. And so it takes effort to like nurture a relationship so that you can really see if there's potential. So you do hit a point where you either have to put both feet in, or I say both fingers and stop swiping online and actually commit to just one person exclusively and, and see uh, if it has, you know, what it takes to, to make it work. Because when you're dating multiple people for a prolonged amount of time, you're like never really putting in enough effort to give one relationship a chance. Right. Like how do you fully get to know someone if you're dating multiple people? Yeah. And so that's why dating with intent. It's like if you're dating them and you're talking about core values and getting a sense of what they're passionate about and um, if you guys kind of want the same things after, I would say within like five dates, you should know like does this person have potential? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not necessarily ready to be exclusive within five dates, but if you don't know within like five dates that this person has potential, then you're not digging deep enough and you're not like really – dating with intent so you got to ask some of the harder hitting questions and you got to be more vulnerable and you know share more and create more emotional intimacy but after five dates you should have a pretty good sense of who this person is and like then it's just about yeah kind of committing and, and writing it out and seeing do we have what it takes to make it work because the the worst case is that you cut things off too soon with someone because people don't really like to give second chances you know, if you commit to someone and, you know, God forbid they're your boyfriend or girlfriend and it doesn't work, you can break up. But if you cut it, but if you cut it off to before really exploring it, then you just missed out on what could be, you know, your, your keeper, your person. Mm-hmm. Um, is there one overall blanket statement of advice that you would give to everyone who's out there dating right now? Overall blanket. Hmm. Um, I guess what my work often comes back to is attachment styles. So I would just say like know your attachment styles and like when you're feeling triggered because, um, and with the idea to date towards a secure behavior. So what that actually means is if you're feeling anxious, anxious people like love to go with the highs and the lows and the drama. So if you're feeling triggered, if you're waiting by the phone for someone to call or text you back, if you're like stop prioritizing yourself and like, you know, you're canceling your plans with friends so that you can have your schedule wide open for this guy to call you. Um, that means the person you're dating is likely avoidant because they're not making you feel secure and you are kind of tossing it. You're giving them a little control um, versus a secure dater. This person's going to let you know that they want to see you. Yeah. You're going to communicate clearly with them that you want to see them. They're going to lay it out on the table. They're going to be confident. They're going to be secure. And that's really the name of the game, right? Because we all just want to have, like, a more enjoyable dating experience with, like, less drama. So the drama that comes with dating is really just your activated attachment system. Um, Because, like, real true love, yes, there is, like, excitement and passion. 
But real love that lasts is reliable. It's consistent. It's dependable. It's honest. It's communicative. Like none of those are sexy adjectives, but that's what it takes. Honestly, that sounds so sexy to me though. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'm I'm speaking your language. Yes. That's what it takes to be in a a secure, adult, functioning, healthy relationship. So when there's too much lust and drama and you know, you're riding that roller coaster, like that's a really good sign to you that you're in like the anxious avoidant trap. I think that's so interesting. And you did bring up the relationship piece. So once you get into a relationship, you do a lot of work with people already in relationships as well. It's not just about dating, right? Right. Yeah. I read a post um, on your website that said the eight mistakes you can make in a relationship. Yes. So once you get in this relationship, you find your partner what are you seeing that that are happening in people's relationships these days? Sure. Well, there there's so much. I think one of the big ones is you you don't know how to speak your partner's love language. So if people don't know your love language is sort of a way you like to receive love, but sometimes we show love in a different way than we like to receive it. So your love languages could be words of affirmation. So you love praise and um you know, like love letters and things that let you know how wonderful you are. There's quality time to spend undivided attention with each other. There's physical touch, so not just sex, but physical, you know, affection, holding hands, kissing, cuddling. There's gifts, so not so much the material item itself, but like the thoughtfulness behind the gifts seems to be what matters most. And then there's acts of service. So, showing love by cooking dinner, doing the dishes, gassing up your partner's car, all these ways to help kind of make their life easier and take stress off of their shoulders. So a big mistake I see is that people are just speaking whatever language comes naturally for them to show love, but it might not be the way their partner wants to receive it. So you're really kind of missing the boat here because maybe, you know, you're doing the dishes and cleaning up the house and all your partner wants is like a big hug or they just want you to text them during the day to let them know how like wonderful they are and beautiful and that you miss them. So that's for sure one mistake that people are making is not speaking the love languages. And then maybe just another one, because there are so many um, part of the communication pattern, right? Is when someone uh, stonewalls or shuts down or, on the other end, like, is an explosive arguer. So, you know, there's clear ways that we can become more effective communicators in our relationship. And I teach my clients what I call my love technique, L-U-V-E, which is stands for listen, understand, validate, and empathize. When we can't listen, understand, validate, and empathize our partner, um, you're never going to have, you're never going to be able to work through conflict because, so many people like dig their heels in and they're fighting about their point and they just want to feel heard. And they, the more their partner defends their side, the more you just kind of, um, again, like kind of dig your heels in and nothing ever gets resolved. So it's really about validating your partner's emotional experience. It's not about whether you think they're right or wrong or that they're like rational or irrational. It's just the fact that your partner's feeling a certain way. So it's your job to step into their shoes and understand why they're feeling that way and being able to empathize with them until you said you're an empath. So I would imagine that's going to be really important to you. It's like someone can feel with you. Right. It is. You're right. And that's, I think you can go to, I can go to extremes at least. Like I, being an empath, I have to put up super strong boundaries in relationships because I can go too extreme with it where I feel everything they're feeling. And like you said, you can kind of revolve around that person. 
But it is all about learning about yourself. And I think you're right about how your partner wants to receive love. So it's once you get in the relationship, the work still continues of vulnerability and all of that stuff. Absolutely. And I think it's funny because like when you're single and dating, it feels like that's the biggest hurdle. But the truth is, once you find your one partner that you're going to be with and commit to, then it's just the two of you for the rest of your life. Right. It doesn't just all magically like live happily ever after. That's when like the real effort begins because when you're dating, you know, once you find someone you really love, it's all exciting and the honeymoon stage and all these you know, chemicals that make you feel so excited and passionate. But then it's like, well, what happens, you know, two kids later or when we lose our job or we have to move or, you know, like all these life issues get thrown at you. And like you have this one person by your side, which leads me to say another mistake I see couples make is like they don't have each other's back. They don't Mm -hmm. have a teammate mentality. They have like the me factor instead of the factor. And they're not really you know, taking into account their partner's wishes or wants or desires. And that's one of like the hardest parts about being in a committed relationship is, is balancing, prioritizing yourself and your own kind of independence, creating a healthy interdependence and being able to put your, your partner's needs first. Sometimes like, even when you don't feel like doing something, you know, you're constantly questioning like, what is it that they want? How can I make their life easier? How can I make them happy? And when we both hold that space for our partners, like they're also going to be needing your needs. So everyone's needs are getting met, but you can't only focus on yourself. Right. What do you think the biggest thing people are really looking for in relationships is? So I don't think they necessarily know because I think they keep it more, you know, superficial or like everyone will say, I just want someone who makes me laugh or I just want like really hot sex or I just want someone who will go on dates with me. But I think what we really need, which sounds like you like, is like we need safety. We need that reliability, dependability, consistency, knowing our partner has our back. We need that open communication, someone to speak our love language. Basically, like an emotional home. So I always say your partner is your emotional home who just makes you feel like seen, heard, understood, and gives you a sense of belonging in this crazy world. I love this conversation. And honestly, like hearing you talk, you're stating all of the things I've been looking for. And it truly is really hard to find out there. I think that it's a great conversation to start, though, for people to really put the foundation back in relationships and the vulnerability and getting to know yourself just as much as you want to get to know your partner. Absolutely. And then I guess one question for you, Kelly, is how's the manifesting going? (laughs) (laughs) Has anyone entered into your, your life, your universe? Maybe. (laughs) Um, You know, actually, yes. And what's been happening for me is the older I've gotten and the more dating experiences that I have had, I've been writing down what's not working for me and then what's working. And I manifested years ago and I do think that it was a little more surface, you know, there mm-hmm. wasn't as much true depth to the qualities that I was looking for in a person. And that's really changed for me over the years. So I haven't specifically set out and said, okay, I'm writing down this man that I want to find, but I've been very intentional about the kind of life that I want to live and the yes. kind of partner that I'm looking for. Um, and yeah, I've, so I think manifesting, <laughs> I think where people go wrong, right. Manifesting can seem very passive, 
But yeah. it's not because it's not like this. Like I'm gonna make this 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 and send it out to the universe and just kick my feet up and see what comes my way. It's like you're you're writing it all down, but then you're living your life and you're putting yourself in situations where you can meet people and you're prioritizing yourself and creating this like magnificent, fulfilling life that's going to be very attractive to other people. And so I think you know the woo side of things can sometimes get a bad rap or like people just think it's like, okay, let me just write this down and not do anything. But it's like doing it and then being intentional about your choices and living your life in alignment with what you want to create. Absolutely. And I think even just saying living your life, because what I've seen a lot, I mean, within myself and then amongst my friends is you don't want to put yourself out there. And like you said, there's always someone around the other corner. So it's kind of easy to do the surface kind of dating these days. And for me, that is not what I want. And I know that, but it takes being very vulnerable to find what I'm looking for, you know, and keep trying. And I think sometimes it can be really scary, but it's super important. I know for me, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then vulnerability, I think is such a, like a, the perfect word because vulnerability, being vulnerable means like, Showing authentically and letting yourself be seen without knowing how the other person is going to respond or the outcome of the date. So it means putting yourself out there. Vulnerability is not like having verbal diarrhea and laying out all the drama and baggage on the table. Like vulnerability is saying I've been hurt in love in the past, but I'm willing to put myself back out there without knowing if it's going to work out again. Yes. And that's the only way to create connection and joy. It truly is. I I think most people are looking to connect. That's what I was thinking whenever I asked you that question because I feel like yeah. Well, I love that you asked that because there's a really great uh, match always puts out an annual Singles in America survey, and basically what they found was that despite all of these apps and ways to connect, that like over the like the majority of people over fifty percent feel lonely. Yeah, and they feel technology has maybe made it harder to connect. So I, I think, think so. Just connection and not this just false sense of like online world but we want to like deeply know someone and to also be seen exactly wow Samantha thank you so much I could talk about this with you for days (laughs) this is great thank you I love this where do people find you so I'm mostly living on Instagram at Love Successfully. I'm also on Facebook as well at Love Successfully. And if people are going through specifically like a breakup and getting ready to date again, I also have another account called Breakup Bounce Back where I post some really funny just breakup means. But in my comments, I always give you some good advice on quality information. So make sure to read them. Um, and then I'm over at lovesuccessfully.com. And on your website, you talk, I mean, I think you, you have a practice, obviously, but you also do virtual sessions with people if they're interested in Absolutely. That. Yes. So I do work with clients all across the country and even internationally. So I have um, applications for breakup coaching, dating coaching, and relationship coaching if you're currently seeing someone and need more like a couples therapy approach. So um, I work, yeah. So I would love, you know, if anyone listening really feels like they need some handholding and support, some tough love, I am your girl. So you guys check Samantha out online and also her book is Breaking Up and Bouncing Back, Moving On to Create the Love Life You Deserve. Samantha, thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. Bye. This is Kelly Henderson and you've been listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast. I truly believe that every one of us has a little velvet and a little edge. So it's so important to remember that to be strong, you must be soft too. Thank you so much for sharing in those stories with me. 
You can follow Velvet's Edge on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as velvetsedge.com. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every Wednesday for more conversations on lifestyle, beauty, and relationships. Thanks for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. I oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.